So I, one of the things I love about doing, I love this job. I have the best job in the world. And uh, one of the things I love about this job is to uh, be able to welcome people from all parts of the world. And, and we're one family. You know, isn't it amazing that we can speak different languages, have different cultures, wear different clothes, um, but we are a family together. And uh, I want to introduce you to a friend who's becoming a brother. Um, and uh, would you give a massive welcome to Adam Cox from Kansas City? And he's going to come and minister to us. I think, I think that will be described as a moderate welcome. I thought it was uh, good. Can we, this guy, um, this guy leads an incredible church, and one of the things that I've discovered um, over the last uh, couple of days is how much the church that he leads in this church um, have in common, both in roots, philosophy, uh, what we believe, how we practice, and what we're going after, and uh, so many similarities, and so we honor you for, for being here and for spending time with us, and we'd love to pray for you. Come on, let's pray, let's raise a hand, let's pray God's blessing. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your brother, our brother. Father, we thank you for your son. Thank you for the gifts you've given, but we thank you for the person that you've made. And we ask the blessing of God. May you know the favor and pleasure of Father. This is my son with whom I am well pleased as you minister the word of truth to us. Amen. And now, and now we pray for one another. Let's, why don't you pray, place your hand on your heart. And let's just ask the um, Holy Spirit to come. And uh, posture, posture yourself. Posture yourself towards receiving the word of God. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Thank you. Good evening. How are you guys? I'm really excited to be here. It's always sunny in your city. It's incredible. At least for the last three days. Is that a, who's been praying for That's a miracle, right? Three days. I, I think it's always sunny in Scotland. I have been coming to Scotland for 17 years. I've been praying for this country since I was 20 years old. And uh, this is the first time I've gotten to speak to a church here. So cool. I'm really excited. I like you guys. You're my family. Hello up in the balcony. You're not left behind. You're first place. Let's give a cheer for the balcony. Yeah. The good stuff's going to fall right there first. It's good. I am Adam, son of Jeff and Lisa Cox. I'm brother to Sarah Cox and all of you guys. The father says you're cool. It's, I'm really grateful to meet my family. Yeah, we're going to get to do this forever. Isn't that fun? It's going to be so good. Long after mission's over, we're still going to be doing family and party. So get good at it now. If you're just psyched up for mission all the time, but you don't know how to have family and party, you're in trouble in heaven. Right? But that makes mission really important now, because it only lasts for a while. And I'm glad to be with you. 
Um, this grace was given me to speak because my biggest fear in life was public speaking. I used to just break into hives instantaneously, just up the neck. Do I have any right now? God is alive. And um, God's a, a miracle worker. There was a time in my life where I was consumed with myself and I was drowning in pain. I was brokenhearted. And then Jesus. July the 5th, 1998, I had a head-on collision with this man named Jesus. I don't come to you as an expert on Jesus, but merely one who is trying to move from familiar to fascinated. Who's been to the beach recently? How was it? I have to drive two days to get to the ocean. You have to drive 20 minutes, but it's become normal somehow. Tonight, I'm not the expert guest speaker. We're all just looking at Jesus, right? I just stand with you. We're, we're all going after Jesus, and God forbid that the ocean becomes familiar when I have to drive two days to get to it. Please appreciate the ocean, okay, for me? But what about Jesus? What if we could move from familiar to fascinated? What if we could run into him like the angels do over and over and go, oh my God, I had no idea the unsearchable riches of Jesus. So here we are, we're a generation. I'm probably going to kick some feedback, but we're just all going after Jesus, aren't we? Isn't that what we're doing? We're going after Jesus. I was a messed up, brokenhearted guy who had no clue about anything. I didn't know God was real. And then Jesus. And how has this character become so normal to us? It's weird, isn't it? Please enjoy the ocean for me. Please. Nikki enjoys the ocean with me. We had such a time walking on the beach. I don't know what my message is. I, don't, I didn't plan much for this one. Pray for me. Pray harder. Okay, if you have a Bible on your smart, intelligent phones or whatever you, in whatever manner, you can turn open to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. I cannot promise that I will be there or not be there. I might read a little bit just so you don't call me a heretic. Okay, no, no laughter on that one. Tough crowd in Scotland, I hear. Um... <laughs> Right at the end, this is one of my favorite prayers in the Bible, so I'm just being kind to share it with you, okay? It's one of my favorites. If you want to get your whole life transformed, just pray it a few times. It'd be awesome. Um, right at the end of this prayer, verse 21 and 20 and 21, I believe, it says, Now to him who is able, God is so powerful. Did they put it up on the screen? That's so clever. Well done. Um, now to him who is able. God is so powerful. Do we believe in a God who is powerful? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. He's way better than you've ever imagined. He's not the how much less father. He's the how much more father. He's immeasurably, infinitely, abundantly more. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that I can dream up in my little brain. And I come up with some wild stuff. Or all the best, craziest prayers I can pray. According to the power that is at work within who? Well, that's good news. Who's become familiar that the eternal, transcendent, burning, living, unsearchable God lives in your little body? Oh, that's just kind of normal. <laughs> what? Please love the ocean for me. Just, it's amazing, that ocean. Unsearchable. According to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the that cuss word, church. In the church? You mean us? We're like the thing? We're the plan? We're what you're dreaming about? Glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Forever and ever, amen. Central, get ready. God is going to blow your best prayers out of the water. God is going to take your little dreams and do immeasurably more with them. Go ahead and imagine. Get the ball rolling. Go ahead and write down in your little journal the things that you hope for and start a momentum that God will complete and he is going to take your little prayers and your dreams and he's going to do immeasurably more. You see, when we begin to walk in that, he begins to create an immeasurably more thing. But there's this part in the middle between our dreams and prayers and the glory of God destiny, and it is this power at work within us. So we have to back up then to verse 14. Paul spent three chapters writing, and he says, for this reason, I kneel. He, he's about to have a praise conniption. Do you know what that looks like? I don't either. But he's going to have one. He's on his knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its identity. He begins to pray. What a moment. What's the reason? Because he's seen the great unfolding story of God. He sees that before creation we were chosen. He sees that in history we were redeemed by the very blood of God himself. And in the end, everything will be summed up in this man named Jesus. We're all moving from familiar to fascinated with him. He can't get enough of this God. He's about to pray that out of the glorious riches of this Father, he would begin to strengthen us with power through his what? Spirit in our inner man. So that what would happen? This man, Jesus, would begin to dwell in your heart by faith. You are God's dream home. Do you believe that? Please love the ocean for me. As you're getting sick of that line, okay. You're God's dream home. You're what he's always wanted. Jesus and the Father and the Spirit cannot 
stand the distance. They won't be without us. And, and Paul is taken up in this. He, he wants you to know not only will you be the dream home of Jesus, but this love of Christ is going to begin to fill us. And he goes into three impossible things. He says you're going to grasp something with infinite dimension, height, width, breadth, depth. You're going to know something beyond knowledge. How do I know things beyond knowledge? And you're going to be filled with something that is the fullness of God. We've talked about an immeasurably more thing that God's going to do through you guys, through your lives. And it's going to bring great glory to God. But we often skip that middle part that will we allow the power to be at work within us? I, this is the question. I'm going to ramble and do all this stuff. And some of you are already like, you just talk too fast. Are you from America? Yes, I am. Sorry, I apologize for many things. You all know what I'm referring to. Here's the question. Will you say yes to the Holy Spirit? I heard it all day long in my heart. Will you say yes to me? He was saying, Adam, will you say yes to me? Central, will you say yes to me? Will you satisfy my longing? You've probably heard Carl just rant and rave about all the dreams and greatness God's going to bring. And it's true. God's going to do it, guys. More than you've asked or imagined. He wants glory from our lives much more than we want it. But I hear him asking this question. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. Will you say yes to me? He's got his hand out. Will you say yes to me? You're like, I already made Jesus. I, I went down and I prayed the prayer. Yeah, that was the first day you said yes to him. But today, will you say yes to me? Love beyond knowledge? knowledge. How will I know something beyond knowledge? How will I grasp something with infinite dimension? How will I be filled with something that has no measure, immeasurable? The answer that Paul says is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's a secret. Don't tell anyone. It's the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the secret that's been waiting since eternity. It's the Holy Spirit. I don't see you telling your neighbor. You're supposed to do this kind of stuff when the speaker makes you feel awkward. Tell him it's the Holy Spirit. Don't kiss his ear when you tell him that. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the secret. The Holy Spirit's the secret. One time I was hanging out with the Father, 
And out of nowhere, he interrupted my perfectly nice, quiet time. How dare he? Right? Any, has ever happened to you? And he said, you know, Adam, the happiest place I ever lived. I'm like, who's speaking? Which one? Father, son, or spirit? I'm joking. You know the, you know the happiest, you ever get confused between them? They're different persons. Anyways, I'm not here to create a weird theology. I was just, I'm just making a statement about the Trinity. <laughs> All very God, yet one. So, you know, the happiest place I ever lived was in the body of Jesus. Huh? You ever do that to God? Huh? What? What you doing? Huh? I was reading Romans. What are you doing? The happiest place I ever lived was in the body of, of Jesus. Then he said, Adam, have you ever had a friend that let you be completely yourself? Who's had a friend like that? The, like the weird parts of you, you let it out. I mean, have you guys hung out with Carl? He is weird. Anyways, I know he seems like man of God when he's, anyways, he's weird. That guy is weird, like master's level weird. But we like him. We let him be like that. Have you ever had a friend who'd let you, how's that feel? How's it feel? You like it? I love, I mean, I have a few friends. They just let me see. It's great. I just, I'm just, I'm at rest. I can be myself. And that's what Jesus did with the Holy Spirit. You see, we've tried to make the Holy Spirit kind of schizophrenic. Like over here we have fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I don't even know them all, but someone from seminary probably does. So fruits of the Spirit. And then over here we got fruity Holy Spirit, healing power, awesome. <laughs> no. And we're like, ooh, don't know if I like fruity Holy Spirit. He's a weird guy. He's like the weird uncle you don't want to invite to the family reunion. And so as churches, we're like, we love the Father and the Son and the Holy Bible. Our Holy Trinity. And the Spirit's just this weird guy, right? Oh, we can kind of tolerate fruits, but the, 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 all this... But don't you know that every moment of his gentleness is filled with dynamic power? And every moment of prophecy is filled with his patience? We can't take his, him and, and split him apart like he's got a mental disorder. And Jesus received the Holy Spirit fully. Jesus said yes to no matter whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And the first thing the Holy Spirit wanted to do was have all of Jesus. I, I, the way that I thought about it was Jesus was a zero. Everyone put your zero up. I know it's like kids' church. Put your zero up, all right? Jesus was a zero. Say it with me. Jesus was a zero. That was pretty good. Resistance, home for the Holy Spirit. That was a tongue twister. Jesus was a zero resistance home for the Holy Spirit. He never said no to the Holy Spirit. What? Whatever Holy Spirit was up 
up to that day? Jesus said, yes. The most powerful prayer I know is, yes, Holy Spirit. Who wants to try it out? You just raise your hand. That's, you want to try, try the prayer out. Wow, you guys are awesome. You just prayed the most powerful prayer I know. Yes, did you mean it though? I mean, God knows. I'm joking. What begins to happen when we say, yes, Holy Spirit? If you are comfortable, watch out. He is the afflictor of the comfortable. Anyone comfortable? Not too comfortable on the ground here. If you are afflicted, get ready. He is the comforter of the afflicted. He is the healer of the brokenhearted. He is my best friend, the Holy Spirit. Everything, every moment that I have ever had of Jesus Christ is just because of the Holy Spirit. It takes God to know God and reveal God. The problem is what defines our our knowledge of God is not just what we read in the Bible or what the pastor tells us. It's what we've experienced in life. What we've experienced in life begins to define what we really believe about God. So July the 5th, 98, my entire body was consumed with the third person in the Trinity. Holy Spirit filled me. He said these words to me. You've tasted the world's love and it has broken your heart, Adam. Now you will taste my love and I will never leave you. That was the most amazing thing that I had ever heard in my life. I laid there for two hours laughing, crying, overcome. They carried me up a hill. I couldn't walk. I was speaking in new languages. I had never even heard that was a reality before. And my life was alive for the first time with God. I want Jesus. That's all I wanted at that point. And from that day on, I perfectly understood the love of God. Yeah, right. No, I mean... Did you believe me when I said that? But I started fasting and praying like a madman. I I went on a mission trip because that's what you do when you really are spiritual. I mean, really spiritual. You go overseas, right? So I went to South Africa, and I was fasting and praying every other day. And on the off days, I would eat like entire loaves of white bread, and my stomach started to get really large. It's called fat skinny. It's like really thin legs but a big stomach. That's my genetic code. Please pray for me that I will not follow in the path of my forefathers. I don't know where I'm going with that, Carl. So I, I was fasting and praying, eating loaves of bread, and all this stuff was going on, right? And, and I was so spiritual, man. I was like, I'm going to pull the billion-pound God out of the universe with my sheer, brute, American zeal. And I'm going to bring him into this place. And the harder I pray and the more I fast, the more God's going to come. Revival's going to break out. Oh, yeah. I got a loud voice. That was impressive. And guess what? Dad's not into it. He wasn't showing up. He wasn't doing my thing. 
Where'd you go, God? I saw all these miracles when you filled me with your spirit, and now I'm fasting, and I'm praying, and I'm on mission for God's sake, for your sake, right? And I'm, I'm doing the thing, and I got more and more frustrated because God wasn't showing up for me. And, and one night near the end of my kind of mission school thing, I came up to the speaker, and I looked him in the eye, and I'm kind of intense in case you haven't noticed. And, and I said, can you tell me where God is? The man was petrified. He wouldn't pray for me. He said, why don't you go outside and talk to God on your own? I was depressed. I'm outside and I'm pacing back and forth. God, where are you? I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm in freaking South Africa. Where are you? I want your power to come. Your blessing. You, you'd never pray prayers like this, I'm sure. It was like cuss words were coming out, all sorts of stuff. And I was going and I was going and finally I said, God, why do I love you? moments when your voice bounces off of like everything in the world and hits you back straight in the face. And I was like, wait, 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 I know, I know that's not true. You, you died on the cross for my sins. It's not theologically. He's like, wait. That's what you really believe about me, Adam. You believe that you love me more than I love you. You believe it because that's how it was with your dad and your girlfriends and your friends. He said, what if for the rest of your life, we only do one thing, son? What if I convince you that I love you more than you've ever dreamed of loving me? And I loved you first and I'll love you last. What if that's the thing we do all your life? You see, everyone in this room has a real idea of God. You have an idea of God based on your experience with your parents or your teachers or your friends or whoever's been around you. And God caught me out because I was saying yes to the Holy Spirit. He caught me out. He let the frustration build. I thought fasting and prayer got God's presence. But you know, everything changes in prayer dependent on who you're coming to and who you are when you come. Everything changes in prayer when you know who you're coming to and who you are when you come. You see, I was a beggar begging a distant, distracted, absent father to come into my world and calling it fasting and prayer. But God's a dad. All my experiences had led to the reality that I believed that I always had to put in more than everyone else so I wouldn't get any love back. As you begin to say yes to the Holy Spirit, he is going to let you know love beyond knowledge. Everyone in this room has an idea of God. And as you begin to say yes to the Holy Spirit, it is the eternal joy of the Father to come and show you what your real idea of God is so he can show you the real God. Amen? He wants to uncover whatever is not right in the way that you see him because all he's ever wanted is you and him. He wants to take everything that diminishes your love and, your, and everything that is distorted and he wants to put it under his feet. See, the father began a story with me as I was saying yes to him. It was that moment 
where he encountered me. And then he began to show me that I was on a ping pong table all my life. And here's what the ping pong table looked like. On one side of the table was perfection. Anyone there? I had to make perfect grades. I had to be the best athlete. I had to impress everyone around me. I had to be the coolest one always in every setting. It's still working, right? Perfection dominated my life. And the result of perfection was a crippling fear. An ulcer in second grade because I couldn't spell exactly right all the way up to getting engaged to a woman, having anxiety attacks, falling out of my bed at 25 years old, convulsing on the ground, begging my friends to check me into a mental hospital, and I was a pastor of a church. Perfection will drive you insane with fear. If anyone has anxiety in this room, you can meet the Son of God. You really can. I promise you, you can be free. And when I screwed it up, because that's what humans do, I got hit across the ping pong table over here to another storyline of the rejection, the orphan story. I felt so alone. Nothing could satisfy my heart with this love that I wanted. And when I felt alone, I would try harder and harder to be perfect and I would bounce myself back to perfection and I would screw it up and I would feel more rejection and then I would try harder and I would do more perfection and in the middle of it all, I had this wonderful projection that I was just okay. And when you say yes to the Holy Spirit, he wants to take you out of that story and he wants to begin to reveal the real God to you. The Holy Spirit, this power that works within you, the aim of it is sonship, daughtership. The reality is as you sit on this floor in chairs, you will never be more of a son or daughter than you are right now. Isn't that good news? If you are in Christ, if you have placed your faith in him, who lived the life you could not live and died the death in your place and raised from the dead and seated in heavenly realms, and there he holds you in the presence of Father, Son, and Spirit, you are home forever. You will never be more of a son or daughter than you are right now. That's worth saying Yahoo about. Yahoo, okay. The only question is, will you think like a son or daughter? Will you feel like a son or daughter? And will you live like a son or daughter? So you can be in his house and you can be his dream home. And all the while you can be saying no to the Holy Spirit who wants to bring you into the fullness of that love. You can feel like an orphan. Meanwhile, you're a daughter or a son. You can earn and perform like a slave for God, working for the pleasure you already have. But there's only one way that you will live in the fullness of the experience of what Christ has given you. And that is the secret. 
The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father. You cannot earn it. Christ has earned it for you. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate gentleman and wants to be welcomed into the depths of your heart. And then the Spirit is going to start testifying into your spirit that you are loved by the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is going to create a tailor-made, unrepeatable journey that I don't have and your neighbor doesn't have just for you. And he is going to begin to orchestrate every single thing in your life to bring you into the confidence that you're beloved. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit has been waiting for you to uproot everything that diminishes your value as a son or daughter. The Holy Spirit has been waiting to undo every single lie that rivals the voice of your father saying, daughter, I love you. He loves you. Like really, like out of this whole room, he loves you. You're chosen by him. He's seen you since you were a little girl and he loves all the bright colors and all of the fun things and he's always wanted to just be with you. He wants to do everything with you. Like if in all the billions of people, you're his dream. He can't stand the distance from you. He really really enjoys the things you enjoy. Like all the little details and idiosyncrasies that no one else understands, he knows them better than you know them. He doesn't think you're bizarre. He's got really great things for you. You're amazing. Really. And I mean, who wouldn't, he would say that for in this room? Will you, will you please love the ocean for me? Why are we so familiar with the Holy Spirit? Paul says, I want you to grasp the height and width and depth, the endless ocean of this love. Like, I want to show you something beyond knowledge. You think you know me, but if you say yes to me, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to undo everything when you look in the mirror and you say, why am I so ugly? That thing is going to die. And you're going to see who you really are. If you struggle with self-image in this room, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can change that image as you look in the mirror. Your parents speaking to you can't change it. Your friends saying, well, you look great tonight can't change it. But I am telling you, when you look in the mirror, the Holy Spirit can change it. I remember a time looking in the mirror, hitting the sink, going, I hate you. I hate you. And I had been filled with the Spirit for many years. But he was undoing all of the anxiety of all the years. And love is patient and love is kind. So he's looking for a daily invitation to just say yes. Guess what? It's what he's always wanted to do to bring you into the confidence of beloved. And he cannot fail at his eternal job description. And it is not your responsibility to get yourself into greatness. And it is not your responsibility to become holy. And it is not your responsibility to convince yourself of the love of God. He loves you more.
more than you will ever love him. And there's only one person in this entire universe that can really allow you to know that beyond knowledge. And it is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, just trust me on this one. It's the Holy Spirit. Don't think about me being from America. Just trust me on this one. I promise you, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. If you could just, if you could just for one second feel this longing eternal from our Father, you would know how much He wants you. You would know that He's been singing over you every day for all of eternity, waiting for the moment when you would choose Him back. And I'm telling you, every time you choose Him, you cannot measure His joy in response. I'm telling you. Give Him what is not His. That is your yes. Give Him what He wants. Give him what he desires. Give him what he died for on a cross. Just give it to him. I'm telling you, you're going to love it when you do. You're going to love it. And don't just do it once. Do it over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one word, yes. It's like one of the greatest words ever. Yes. Yes. I may not understand it. Yes. It scares the hell out of me. Yes. Ooh, don't go there. God, I've been protecting that place all my life. I don't want you to see that. Yes. Yes, get that. Come on, right here. Yes. Yes. And some of you aren't going to like this, but we get found in the Father, but we are formed in the family. Jesus was with his disciples. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going. And there's something better than me being with you in the flesh. You're like, no way. Like hanging out with Jesus, his jokes are the best. You know, we're, we're, it's incredible. He just pulls coins out of fish's mouth. Leper skin comes. I mean, you're kidding me. Dead people are being raised. He's like, just seriously, trust me. There's something better than me here. You know what's better than God in the flesh? God in all flesh. Unlimited access to the eternal wisdom, love, and joy, and power of God. There's an immeasurable ocean of power. The most joyful being in the universe lives in your little body. His name is Holy Spirit. Everything you've ever dreamed of, Holy Spirit. Yeah? So, where do we take it from here? What would be a good response? I didn't get this far in my preparations. What, what would be a good response? What? To pray? Man, wish I would have gone to seminary. That's a good, that's great. What else, what else should we do? Answer the call. I want to know who it is. I'm joking. What else should we do? Worship? Yeah, we worship you, Holy Spirit. Let's just uh, let's just keep coming. Ask Him to come. Holy Spirit's not a bully. He's the ultimate gentleman. He asks to be invited.
when he comes, he comes to introduce you to a father who loves you, who has a house, and his house is home, and that's what you're longing for. And he comes to introduce you to Jesus and make you more like Jesus. And some of you long for that. You long for more.